Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me tonight, the Belly Up Fantasy crew, we've got Ryan, Houston, and Tom. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How about you, Chris? Oh, man, I can't complain. Everything down here in Texas is lovely. Everything's opening back up. The sun is shining. Uh, cannot complain. It's great. Houston, how are y'all doing up there? I'm doing well. Another uh, week goes by. Um, seems like time's moving a little bit quicker here. You know, May kind of felt like a very long month. Um, just, yeah, I'm glad it's summer. The weather's nice. Be able to do some fun things on the weekend and also look forward to every Friday night when I get to talk fantasy football with you guys. So it's That's been right. good. Well, gentlemen, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a special guest, Mike Clay of ESPN, is joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to examine the NFC East and the fantasy-relevant players on each of those teams' rosters. Uh, at the end of the stream as well, uh, Houston's going to give you some exclusive information about what we're doing on behind the scenes. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Stay tuned. Uh, we've got something big coming up for you all, and thank you for supporting us. Uh, but first, if you like our stream, go check out the rest of the Belly Up Sports Talk lineup. It's great. We've got Last Minute of Play, Puck Puck Pass with our own Zach Mack, Corner Booth Podcast, The Hardcourt Honeys, Around for the Weekend, who had a great episode tonight, and A World Without Sports. Use the hashtag bust and see what you're missing out on. Uh, guys, we had some stuff come up this week. Um, it's been trying, to say the least. Uh, Tom, what was your first initial thoughts on the whole Drew Brees situation? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you don't already know, obviously Drew Brees made some comments that, uh, you know, I think a lot of Americans uh, agreed with and other ones didn't agree with. Um, I think we can all agree that these are interesting times, to say the least. They're difficult um, in, in a lot of ways. So not to dwell on that too much, but, uh, you know, I, I think that he may have uh, had some good feelings in his heart. But, uh, again, about 58% of uh, Americans agreed with what he said and said he didn't need to apologize for, for his comments. Um, but obviously there's some people that, you know, felt that his, his comments were a bit out of line, but the big news is really on fantasy. Chris, I, I heard you talking about, it was having some fantasy impact about, you know, his comments around the current state of the country. Sure. Um, you would think that 
you could di differentiate between real life and football and fantasy, but it all does seem just to correlate with one another. Um, I'm in a couple of these FCE leagues going on right now for, with best ball with John Bosch and Drew Brees is the number eight quarterback uh, on their list and people underneath him are getting picked before him. Now, if that has anything to do with his comments recently, people's bias, uh, I tend to think that his comments did kind of affect that. Um, but just to name a few, I mean, I've seen Jared Goff, Daniel Dimes go before the great Drew Brees. So Houston, Ryan, what do y'all think about that? Man, yeah, I'll let Ryan take this first year. Go ahead. Take him. If the value's right, take him. That's a, this is a bonus for anybody who's in fantasy who just wants to win fantasy championships. If Drew Brees falls, snatch him up. I mean, he's going to still be Drew Brees this year. I, I don't. I love that if he falls, I'm going to snatch him up. I'll wait longer to take a quarterback if I think Brees will be there. <laughs> yeah, should. Drew Brees. He's going to finish probably within the top ten fantasy quarterbacks. Um, he's got the best fancy wide receiver in Michael Thomas. Uh, they added uh, other pieces in Manuel Sanders. I like how that's going to roll with him. You know, they didn't really have a, a, another guy across the field from Michael Thomas, so they brought in Manuel Sanders. He's getting old, but he's still got a little juice left in him. He showed that last year for the 49ers. Um, you know, he's, he's going to continue to play football. This isn't like Antonio Brown or – it's not any allegation like that where he, there's a possibility that he won't play. At least that's from what I understand. I mean, how can someone's comments get them suspended or banned or force him to retire? Unless you're Jake Fromm and you might get dropped by the Bills. Bye-bye, mm. <laughs> Mr. Fromm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different story. I, yeah. I, some, some say Jake Fromm should never even been an NFL quarterback, so – if this is a way to uh, for them to drop him and say, yeah, that was, wasn't a very good pick. We regretted that, and just do it this way. But like Ryan was saying, um, I love the late-round quarterback approach. I mean, that's what, that's what Mahomes was. That's what Lamar Jackson was. Obviously, Drew Brees is time and time and again. He's shown what he can do. Um, if he continues to drop, like you said, Daniel Jones goes in front of him. We'll talk about him. Uh, later, you said Jared Goff goes in front of him. Those are two guys that I wouldn't take over Drew Brees. I would still consider Drew Brees over those two guys and many more. Um, and like I've said before, I love that he plays in the NFC South. The NFC South is going to be the highest scoring division in football this year. Um, Carolina's defense is still not very good. Um, Tampa Bay is a good front seven, but their secondary is pretty washed up. Um, uh, yeah, with Tom Brady and other offensive threats in the NFC South, the Saints are going to have to score to win those divisional games, and they get six of them. Mad, I love NFC South guys this year, and if their ADPs are going to drop, especially Drew Brees in this case, I'll continue to take Drew Brees. Obviously, he has his comments, and I try not to go into on this show how I feel about him, but being a fantasy player, if his ADP is going to drop, just like Ryan said, I'll take him every time. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Uh, speaking about the fantasy community and FCE, Ryan, you did a little bit of research on the Scott Fishbowl, which is coming out here June 12th. Um, let everyone know at home what's going on with that. 
So yeah, the Scott Fish Bowl, you you apply online at scottfishbowl.com, I believe. Uh, and I think there's at the last look, which was this afternoon, over 9,000 applicants. And then you play the game with the money that is raised for the league going to charities. It's a really cool thing. This is Scott Fishbowl 10. Uh, I actually hadn't heard of it before this year. And uh, I think, Chris, you were the one who showed me about it. This is an awesome thing. I think fantasy members, uh, members of the fantasy community that don't know about this, like me before this year, this is a cool thing to get involved with. It gives a lot of money to charities. Uh, it's It really is something awesome. Plus, it's a really prestigious uh, fantasy league. I mean, winning that bowl, there's a lot of guys that know what they're doing in that league. So uh, I'm definitely going to be trying to get involved with it more coming up. It's a pretty awesome thing. And then, uh, an experienced player like yourself or experienced fantasy manager like yourself, you've heard of the Scott Fishbowl. Um, you've applied many years. Um, what's your take on the Scott Fishbowl? And yeah, I don't. I, I don't think that I'll be getting in this year. Unfortunately, I've never been in it. Um, you know, I'll continue trying year after year. It's a great cause. Um, you know, many many people in it. You know, and it's just kind of so up in the air who gets in or who gets out. Like. I'm not trying to be like this, but I see people get in and you check and they have like 140 followers on Twitter. It's, and you know, it's not a popularity contest. So obviously I don't know the decision making that goes in behind that, but it's always nice when you're going against the best of the best, you know, there's some of the biggest names in there, uh, whether they're celebrities or just uh, fancy pros, fancy analysts. But yes, I think the theme for this year was toys so I'm not really sure what he's doing with that. Um, I think the, the like we were talking about e- earlier with my fantasy league being so customizable, he'll have some sort of toys theme to the leagues. Um, I know Dan said he played in Scott Fishbowl nine, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, I think all of us applied, many of us here at Belly Up, but I don't know if we'll be able to get in this year. But if anyone listening and watching us here today. If uh, you're in, good luck. We wish you the best of luck. Follow our content. Maybe it'll help you. Um, yeah. Yeah, some of that stuff is pretty crazy. I follow Scott Fish on Twitter, and he'll say, like, the first in the next two minutes that comment positivity will get in uh, first and last for sure, and then anyone else will be, like, random. So yeah. he's pretty random of who gets in, which is pretty cool, uh, besides, like, the big-name analysts that will be in this year. Um, the fantasy community is awesome. Uh, up until last year, I was just, you know, an at-home commissioner uh, with my three or four leagues that I've been in for years and years and years. Uh, I come to Belly Up Fantasy Sports, and it just opens my eyes. It's so crazy how the fantasy community is just so welcoming. Uh, there's guys from across the pond that want to do things with us. Uh, I was invited to the exclusive Ryder Bowl this year which will have eight divisions, four being in the Americas, four being in the European nations. Uh, Matt and Luke over at the Ryder Bowl are amazing. These guys, you need to follow them. I'm sure we'll have them on soon. Um, They donate to the UK National Health Service. Uh, Y'all follow them on Twitter. It's going to be pretty cool. And then hashtag the Arnold Palmer League is which one is the one that I will be dominating. So follow us for that. Uh, there's definitely a lot of smack talking going on in there. Uh, speaking of smack talking, guys, 
Commemorate your league winner with the best possible way. There's no other com- company in the business that does it better than Trophy Snack. They create trophies of all sizes, belts, rings with a variety of colors, along with free engraving and free shipping. And now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt if you use the code or promo code BELLYUP. So click on your Trophy Smack or our Trophy Smack link on Twitter or Facebook, or go to trophysmack.com and use the promo code BELLYUP for your order today. Guys, Trophy Smack is awesome. Y'all need to go check all of that out. But let's jump into what we've been hyping up for this entire week. Uh, the NFC East, guys. Tom, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. God, I hate that you had to lead it off with America's team. I I just need to get something out of the way. And as an Eagles fan, I know people are going to say it's biased. But I think a lot of other people would agree. The Dallas Cowboys are no longer America's team. That's an outdated name, and it's useless. Nobody cares about the name. Anyway, we're here for fantasy, right? Uh, so I could sit here and talk about how Dak Prescott does not deserve the contracts he's asking for, blah, blah, blah. He's useless. Go ahead and just start Andy Dalton because why pay Dak all that money? Dalton will do the same thing for eight mil. Anyway, I mean, fantasy-wise, I think that it's going to be good for this team, to be completely honest. Uh, you know, their defense has hole after hole after hole. You got some good uh, DNs, pretty decent D tackles. Uh, and then two good linebackers. Sean Lee, I love him. Great, great player. Can't stay on the field. I think that that's something that most people would agree with. He's had a lot of injuries through his career, and, and uh, it, it's tough to say that he'll stay healthy. You know, defensive backs, he brought in HaHa Clinton Dix, um, who has had some success, but it's been a little spotty. Um, Xavier Woods at free safety, not bad, but you really only have one cornerback in Chidobe Awuzie, who – isn't really a number one cornerback. And as an Eagles fan, I saw what happens when you don't have a number one corner. You struggle in the defensive backfield. So they're really going to be a team that has to kind of follow the uh, Chiefs, you know, plan of scoring 40, 50 points a game. Now, good news for them, they have good receivers, right? You know, you do look at, uh, obviously you have Amari Cooper, right? We all agree he's a clear number one receiver. Michael Gallup is the number two. And then you bring in C.D. Lamb. Uh, obviously, all great players. Uh, I think that the one problem you might see in fantasy is is just the spread of the ball. Uh, similar to the Eagles, where you have a lot of playmakers that you're trying to spread that ball around to. Uh, you know, it, it's tough to say you want one of them over the other, aside from maybe Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Dak will probably put up numbers he usually does. You, know, you look at last year, uh, Dak had 4,900 yards. Uh, 30 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, pretty solid year. Uh, but beyond that and Ezekiel Elliott, it's it's tough to say that bringing in an additional top-tier receiver isn't going to take away from Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup unless they're putting up you know, 5,000 yards easy passing this year. And I just don't see Dak doing that. Well, Mike McCarthy did take a year off the uh... – the pro circuit to, he says, learn the analytics of the game. Um, he said he's changed his entire ways. Obviously, by you saying and everyone noting that the Dallas Cowboys defense is pretty spotty, uh, they are going to be playing from behind or having to use the Chiefs style office and just score, score, score. So from a fantasy aspect, some of these guys are going to be pretty, pretty top mark. Uh, like you said, Zeke and Prescott are 
top five guys probably across the board. Uh, I kind of like CeeDee Lamb over Michael Gallup, uh, but that's just my take. Houston, what were your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I would uh, – Cowboys are going to be a top five off fantasy offense this year. Um, they're – like Tom went into detail, their defense is still ragged and f- filled with holes. Um, Sean Lee's good, but I don't remember a season that he's played more than what it feels like a couple of games. Um it's going to be interesting to see how C.D. Lamb fits into this offense. Obviously, it wasn't the best uh, positional need for the Cowboys, but best player available. That's what happens when you leave Jerry Jones in uh house all by himself, room all by himself. He's going to do whatever he thinks he can do. We talk about uh, McCarthy, but a big thing I think we need to talk about is the, the keeping of – or. Uh, I'm just going to use the word keeping of uh, Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Um, under Kellen Moore, backstock career best year. Um, you know, they added another, like I said, they added Lamb. You know, I kind of like Blake Jarwin, uh, the tight end landscape. I talked about him yeah. a little while ago. Um, yeah, and I do like Blake Jarwin. Uh, I think that he's going to be kind of the odd man out and defenses won't have to focus on them when they do have all those other weapons outside. Um, Michael Gallup, I hope that he doesn't drop as many balls in um, 2020. I think he led the league and dropped passes. But uh, it was nice to see at the end of 2019, Michael Gallup really start to break out. In early 2020 projections, would have saw Michael Gallup as one of the top breakout candidates. But bringing in CeeDee Lamb has hurt that. Um, Chris, you talked about having CeeDee Lamb over um, Michael Gallup. I just kind of find it hard to pick between those two. At their current ADP, um, there's this uncertainty with both those guys, especially Michael Gallup. CeeDee Lamb, uh, the uncertainty comes with him as being a rookie and what kind of role he'll have in this offense. Of course, Ezekiel Elliott's going to be a top six, top seven fantasy pick regardless uh, based on the scoring settings uh, he's a top four running back depending on preferences and uh, I think Zeke's gonna have a pretty good year getting in the touchdown uh, he's gonna get a lot of touchdowns they're gonna move the ball well get into the red zone and just hand it off to Zeke we might see Aaron Jones kind of touchdowns from him out of this year where he gets three a game or two a game four a game um, yeah I, it's still uncertain uh, whether Dak will uh, – I think he'll play. I don't think he'll sit out. But, yeah, Dak's the top five fantasy quarterback in my eyes as well. Houston, i got to touch on – I forgot to mention Blake Jarwin. You brought him up, and I'm glad you did. Potential-wise, I think he has a high ceiling. He could he could succeed. He's a pretty talented guy. Um, not a burner, not like an over – you know, uh, the best blocker in the league. But it, overall, a good tight end. But for me, I need to see him break that you know, 350 or so yard mark with three touchdowns. That's all he's done for the last two years. And uh, obviously, last year brought back Jason Witten. But to me, there's there's some uncertainty about what Jarwin can really do. Um, you know, Dak we've seen does like to drop it off to the tight ends quite often as as his safety valve. Uh, so. Interesting to see if Blake Jarwin can step up into that role this year. I think CD eats most of the tight end touches, honestly. 
I don't think that uh, – I mean, I don't not like Jarwin, but I'm higher on a lot of other tight ends just because I think those are three big mouths to feed in the wide receiver core, and it's going to be tricky. I still like Amari Cooper, um, but Gallup and Lamb are going to hurt each other more, I think. And at their ADP, I'm kind of staying away from them. If they fall enough, I think both of them could be serviceable. But, I mean, I still think Cooper's elite. Dak and Zeke are elite. I think this division has a lot of firepower as far as fantasy uh, scoring goes. Yeah, Ryan. Right, for sure. Uh, thank you to Marco Ayala Jr. and Courtney. Uh, they're huge Cowboy fans. Uh, thank you all for watching. They think that the Cowboys are going to run up the score and win the Super Bowl this year, so we'll have to see if it's the Cowboys' year. Um, guys, let's move forward. Let's talk about the New York Giants. They get a new head coach in Joe Judge, uh, who is an SEC guy from Mississippi State. So you know he's good. But not only that, he falls under the awesome learning tree of Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. Uh, takes over the New York Giants this year. He's he's got the pedigree to do the to do something with this team, and they've got the weapons. Uh, I know we've been high on a bunch of their guys, uh, Darius Slayton, Ryan. Uh, obviously, Saquon's going to be out there. Danny Dimes, um, Houston, with this jam-packed offense, what can we expect from these guys this year? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of firepower across this offense. I think a big thing they had to do was address that offensive line, and they went out and did that. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be the best offensive line, but they filled a couple uh, – missing pieces that they had. Uh, we start first year with Dan- Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Um, year two quarterback, kind of a surprise pick in 2019 for the Giants. Obviously, they wanted to go quarterback. Uh, they needed one, but to go that early with Daniel Jones as their guy shocked many Giants fans and other NFC uh, fans. of Other NFC East teams were probably jumping for joy with Daniel Jones coming into the division. Uh you know, showed some bright spots uh, towards the back half of 2019. A big concern for him was he just got sacked quite a bit. Um, he got sacked quite a bit, and he uh, turned the ball over. I think he was probably one of the most uh, fumbled quarterbacks. He had a lot of fumbles. I don't know the number off the top of my head. But um, I think he'll take an Another big step in 2020. Um, obviously, he's not going to be one of the elite quarterbacks, but I think with their defense still having holes, um, that they'll have to score offensive points. And then when you add Saquon Barkley, ar- arguably one of the best running backs in the league, um, it's going to help the offense move, and they're going to have to rely on Barkley quite a bit. Barkley goes as the second running back off the board in most leagues. There's a... Uh, discussion that can be made um, that he could be the running back one uh, off the board here. I'll ask Ryan, would you even consider taking Barkley over Christian McCaffrey at the 101? Yes, yeah, simply because I'm high on Daniel Jones and I'm not that high on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I'm, I don't think that the situation is going to be as good in Carolina as it is going to be in New York. So yeah, I have Saquon 1-1 on my board and I have big expectations for him. Do you think that Deion Lewis being the number two guy there eats into his workload at all, especially having that connection with Joe Judge? 
I don't think at all. Okay. I think Deion Lewis is done. I honestly think if you're going to get a handcuff for him, you should probably get Gallman because Deion Lewis did not look good last year. He's not young. Gallman has been, I mean, at average at worst in his time uh, replacing Saquon. I think Gallman is the more talented back between the two. I think Deion Lewis is going to get some catches, but I wouldn't really play with him. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You did mention that they upgraded that offensive line, which last year was putrid. I mean, Saquon couldn't get blocks in the run game. Daniel Jones was getting a hit on almost every play, it seemed like. You know, obviously the number four overall pick, Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. I don't know about you guys. To me, it seemed like the safe pick, had, you know, with the highest four out of the offensive tackles available for him. But, uh, you know, maybe not the highest ceiling. But it's one of those guys that I think that they, they can put in day one, know what they're getting out of him, and know that, you know, the outside of that line is now shirt up for Danny Dimes and Saquon. I mean, does anybody else, you know, what do you guys think on that one? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. The foundation of every team is the line, and that was their problem last year. And if that line is even average or if it's better, which it has the potential to be better, you're going to – that's that's just feeding everybody. A good line is – Huge in fantasy. I, th- I don't think that offensive line gets enough attention as far as how people study for fantasy. And uh, this is going to be a good year. F- well, I think this is going to be a good year for the Giants offensive line. Yeah, no more Eric Flowers. I agree. That was a terrible pick. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm personally taking Christian McCaffrey at the 101, but Barkley's a close 102. Um it's just hard to, you know, I like the what I'm going to get out of Christian McCaffrey. Um, Barkley will have a role in the receiving game. That's not going to go anywhere. Um, uh, we'll see if Daniel Jones does dump it off to the running back more in year two. He wasn't notably known for that in year one. But uh, moving on to the wide receivers, it's kind of a th- – I shouldn't call it a three-headed monster but because they're not monsters – but I like the three-headed uh, approach that they have here with Slayton, Shepard, and Golden Tate. I'll start with the top guy going as the wide receiver 40, Darius Slayton. He had a good year last year with Daniel Jones, had a good connection. I know a lot of people are on Darius Slayton as one of their late-round wide receiver options for a good breakout candidate. Um, moving on to Sterling Shepard, he goes – off the board is the wide receiver 49. Um, 
It's crazy. You would you think this is a young wide receiver, and I think Shepard is like twenty eight. You know, that's still quite a quite young, but he's like in his fifth, sixth year uh, in the NFL here, and we've been waiting for the Shepard breakout. You know, when he was playing along OBJ, could he step up and have a big role? And just still, still haven't seen it. I think Slayton has passed him. Slayton's going to be that top wide receiver option on that team. And finally, you had Golden Tate, the old man that's teaching them all how to play wide receiver. I like Golden Tate in this offense. Um, fantasy implications, still uncertain. He comes out off as the wide receiver 55. At that point, um, there's not much risk in taking him. So I wouldn't mind taking him there. But he's probably not going to give you the best week-to-week um, playability unless injury occurs, unless it's a deeper league, you know, 16-team league, 14-16-team league, or in the late, late rounds of best ball leagues where you don't have to rely on him being very consistent week to week. And I would say that the same as Shepard. There's this other wide receivers that I like at the current ADP of Shepard and Tate that I'd take over. Darius Slayton, um, I like pairing. If I'm going to take Daniel Jones, I'm going to try to get Slayton. I like that pairing. I really do. Um, usually I try to find a little bit of a stack between my quarterback and wide receiver, and those are both good late-round options to do that with. Moving over to the tight end, Evan Ingram. I think he's – you have something to say, Tom? No, nah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I like Evan Ingram. I think he's one of the, the more talented tight ends in this league, but he can't stay on the field. Uh, I think the last two years he's only played less than a handful of games. So it's really hard to see that how he's going to develop with Daniel Jones being just Daniel Jones' second year and having not much time playing with Evan Ingram. Uh, I like Caden Smith behind him. If Evan Ingram goes down, I really do like Caden Smith as a handcuff. He's probably one of my favorite dynasty players to own at the tight end. Um just because Ingram's uncertainty, he's just so injury prone and just hasn't been able to play on the field. And we saw Caden Smith have a good connection with Daniel Jones uh, when he started turning it on a little bit at uh, the end of the 2019 season. So Evan Ingram, I wish I could get to him, in, but I probably won't. I like either taking one of the top tight ends or just falling back and getting Jarwin Hawkinson. Goddard, one of those kind of guys. I'm always kind of a late-round tight end guy. So I personally wouldn't like Evan Ingram as my tight end for my fantasy team, but maybe one of you guys would. So, yeah. you know, I'm not a big Evan Ingram fan. The Giants, you know, they brought in other tight ends and paid other tight ends money when they had this star guy. I know a lot of guys are high on but with the tight end landscape being the way it is, if I'm going to pick somebody – it's going to be someone who's going to get the snaps and is going to be out there. If I take Ingram, I'm going to take a good tight end as his backup too. And I'd rather not take two early picks in a tight end. So I also have some sleeper tight ends I like. So I have no, I have very limited exposure to Ingram just because his value is, I mean, I love his per game numbers, but what does it matter if I have him for six games? It's yeah. right. frustrating. His talent is clearly evident, but. It's like whole Jordan Reed thing all over again. I love Caden Smith too. I, I'm I'm a fan of Caden Smith and Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, you guys know it. He's one of the more talented tight ends in the league. I think if he was on the field, he might not quite be into that 
Kittle Kelsey Ertz conversation, but he's probably pretty close to it, I'd say. But again, six eight games on the field a year, full games, it's just not worth it, especially in the fantasy uh, fantasy realm. I want to touch back real quick on one of the guys I'm higher on than any other guy in the NFL, and that's Slayton. I have him as a top ten receiver this year. Um, I've been getting amount top ten. I think he's going to be a top ten receiver uh, because that is partially due to the fact that I think Jones is going to take a step forward. I mean, the guy was on pace for a monster season if he has sixteen games. I know he's uh, turnover prone right now, but what he did last year was pretty impressive as a rookie with a terrible line. He's not going to have a terrible line. Saquon hasn't really had a lot of health issues, so if he's healthy this year, Slayton another year to learn the offense or get familiar with Jones, uh, I honestly think that I'm very high on Darius Slayton. And the other guys, I'm with you. They're, they're nothing special to me. They're, the, the one guy I would keep an eye on, honestly, and this is just a flyer, is Corey Coleman at the wide receiver four. I mean, we know what that guy's draft pedigree is. And I think if he doesn't have the pressure to perform and he can just go out there and compete, maybe he's a he could be one of the best wide receiver fours in the league, move on into the wide receiver three spot over Tate if he starts to fade, or Shepard if he still shows that he's not really that special. Maybe Coleman could become a complimentary weapon for this team because he does have the talent. You know, Ryan, I do want to mention real quick, you talked about Saquon and his injury history. Obviously, I'm from the Pennsylvania area, uh, but watching him at Penn State into the NFL, he did have quite a number of ankle injuries that were somewhat severe, like you know, pretty severe uh, ankle sprains on the same ankle. It's always his right ankle, so that could be something to watch out for. I know last year he was dealing with some some injuries as well. I think he's ironic. He came I mean, back as fast as he was supposed to. It's tough to say that he's going to have injuries, but. If you're looking at a dynasty league or something like that, uh, it could be something that if this year you see some more problems with that, oh, yeah, it's it's very an issue, uh, issue at that point. Agreed, for sure. Yeah, I think the Saquon Barkley ankle injury, well, at least in the 2019 season, was kind of similar to how Alvin Kamara kind of approached it. Both Both got high ankle injuries and just kind of felt the pressure, I believe, to come back and perform, both came back too early, and we saw that um, both of them, when they came back, weren't producing uh, very yeah until the last very well. And then I think if you look at Barkley's last two games and Kamara's last two games, they're great fantasy games. But obviously, uh, Week 16 is the championship game. I think Barkley was probably a, I think he was a top five scoring running back in the championship game, which. Uh, if you took Barkley last year, there's a chance he could have been in the championship game, but he was injured and then then came back a little bit slow. So to get, but if he got there, he helped you win. Kind of with Alvin Kamara there, they both had great uh, final two weeks. I know week 17 doesn't matter for any fantasy players. If you're playing in week 17 for fantasy leagues, you need to change it to week 16. <laughs> but, uh, um. I guess here's another question, and maybe it's just me. I guess I'll ask this one to Chris, and anyone else can chime in. Um, so say CMC's your number one, how would you feel between Barkley and Alvin Kamara? But would you – because we just did a mock – What's that? A little this or that possibly? Yeah. I'm just asking this because in our mock draft we did last Saturday, we right. saw Alvin Kamara go off at the 102, uh, and I – 
grabbed Barkley at the 103. Um, maybe that person is this bold in that sense. I don't know how you feel about that, but figured I'd ask you what you think about Barkley or Kamara. I'm going. I'm going Barkley over Kamara. A hundred percent, all day, every day. Uh, have you seen the guy's legs? Saquon. Saquon. That's all I need to say. I'm Tom Ryan. <laughs> He's an animal. Yeah, that's probably a little bit of preference for me, but I mean, you can't deny the the physical specimen that he is. He's a monster, right? I mean, you see him shake off tackles from guys that are, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier than him. Like it's nothing. So it's tough to to deny that. Again, unless you see something glaring as far as injury history or something like that that we're not seeing. Yep. So uh, one thing I want to touch on here, a little thing we're going to add to our show here, um, why we wait for Mike Clay to come on here soon. Um, we're going to do a little bit of this or that. I, uh, I have two uh, players of similar ADP that I brought here forth. Um, I want to know who Tom, Ryan, and Chris would pick between this, this, or that. Um, we're going to kick it off here at the quarterback position, and I will start with Ryan. Um Currently a quarterback, Jared Goff or Ryan Tannehill, which one would you rather take? Wow. Um, well, oh, gosh. That is a and tough I one. should have said that uh, I haven't discussed these players' names with any of these guys here. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to see their initial thoughts. If anyone, uh, you can let Ryan think on this and someone could chime in. But My thought process here is that I think Goff is going to throw more yards than Tannehill. But I think their TD numbers are going to be similar, and I think Tannehill is going to contribute just enough in the run game. I, I feel like Goff probably has the higher ceiling, but I don't know what I, what I think about the Rams' offense this year. I like Tennessee. Derrick Henry is going to keep defenses honest, and A.J. Brown, to me, is a superstar. So I'm going to go with Tannehill, but I don't like either one of those guys as my QB1, I'm not going to lie. So i got to say on this, to me, instant thought was Tannehill. But like you said, you obviously have a massive, massive advantage on the running game in Tennessee, which takes a lot of pressure off him. He's much more mobile, so he can contribute in the running game as well. One of the things I've seen out of Tannehill in the last two years, you know, his last year in Miami and his first year in um, Tennessee, it seems like he's a little bit better decision maker. He, he's to me, he's a game manager, but I don't think that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, having him as a, your number one quarterback, you got to have him drop a little bit to get, you know, get some value out of it, but he's not going to make bad decisions. And lately to me, Goff doesn't seem like he can make more than one read. And it seems like Sean McVay's magic with play calling just isn't there. I don't know if he's just getting out coach. I, I, I couldn't tell you what the deal is, but to me, the Rams are a scary place right now for their offense. It's and, and not in a good way. Have you seen their new uniforms though? They're hideous. Didn't <laughs> get me started on the bone color. Dude. So I'm gonna go. My initial thought was golf over Tannehill, but my Aggie roots are taking over. 
Ryan was right. The defenses are going to be honest with Derrick Henry, but he's not going to get the big workload like he did last year. Tannehill's going to have to throw more. Ryan mentioned earlier A.J. Brown being a superstar. This guy, also from a pretty good school, is an animal. Uh, That connection between those two guys is there, and they're going to score a bunch of touchdowns this year. Uh, I'm going to go Tannehill over Goff after talking it through with the guys. Houston, for the record, next time, can we, like, vet these guys so that there's no more SEC players in this? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'll have to try to keep the biases uh, out of here. Um, you know, I, I like all your guys' answers. I'd probably lean Goff in this uh, debate here. Um, I just think – he had good passing volume in 2019. Led the, uh, He was second in the league in passing attempts right behind James Winston. Their defense, they made a lot of moves. They brought in Ramsey. Uh, they had Clay Matthews and other guys. Um, Matthews is gone, though, isn't he? But, yeah, exactly. Matthews is gone. He was old anyways. He still has food for it, but. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they brought in these guys to make this stack defense, and they didn't have a stack defense. They they. They uh, went to, I think Tampa Bay came to the Rams uh, early in the year and just stomped them. And we know how bad of a team Tampa Bay was last year. Um, so I lean Jared Goff. I, I can make, you can make a case for Ryan Tannehill. I like him quite a bit too. Next up, uh, a couple second round running backs here. Um, Kenyon Drake or Miles Sanders. I'll let uh, Tom start with this one since I have his uh, Eagles guy, Miles Sanders, see what his take is on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm big on Sanders this year. I think he's going to have a, a big year. Uh, he, everyone's going to roast me for being an Eagles fan, say it's all just biased there. But, uh, no, I, I think that Sanders is going to have a, a big season. He really came into his own last year with uh, the passing game. He was able to, to really help there, especially when we were depleted at wide receiver. Uh, and running, a lot of guys were drawing comparisons to Shady McCoy and his cuts. I think he's a talented guy, and Kenyon Drake, to me, he's good, but uh, not the same ability level. Guys, let's uh, table this conversation, but because I have to say something, my wife and her best friends love the Drake, the real Drake, and then also Kenyon Drake, so I'm going to have to defend Kenyon Drake on this. But, guys, we do have a a big guest that's going to join us tonight. He's an ESPN analyst, also known as the Brainiac. He's come up with different statistics over the years, including ADOT, OTD, OFP. Uh, This guy is like the guru of everything. He's an all-around nice guy. Uh, We really appreciate him for supporting the show. Uh, Let's welcome in Mike Clay. Hey, fellas. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Let's talk some football. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, Saw that your clay projections just got updated the other day, so I had to go in and dive into that. That was really interesting. Uh, Mike, the first question I want to ask you is, I mean, with your illustrious history in the sport, uh, how did you first get into fantasy football? Um, I mean, listen, I've been a sports nerd my entire life. Like, I don't remember a, t- a point in my life where I was not a nerd. You know, it was just goes all the way back to when I was uh, 
super young. I had uh, those notebooks we used to use in grade school. You know, they always had like the funny patterns on the front. We always had to use them for each, one for each subject, right? And I always had a bunch at home where I would just like, I would I would uh, e- either VHS tape Sports Center or uh, just and, and or just like pause the TV and write down stats all the time. I was always keeping track of uh, baseball lineups and transactions and stuff. And you know, I I, I just always kind of remember being like that. So um, it kind of evolved over time, you know, uh, into the different sports. You know, I, I went to a lot of games growing up. I, I wasn't really into fantasy at that point too much, just played in a few leagues, like with my family members. Um, but then, you know, I just kind of, I, I went into to business. I mean, it's a long story, but I, you know, I ended up with an accounting degree in college, but I was doing broadcasting on the side and was the sports editor and always just had that sports itch. And I actually went into accounting for a few years, but still had to do something sports related on the side. Um, and then it just started, it just turned into a fantasy football blog and, and kind of went from there to, to pro football focus. And then of course, uh, to ESPN. So really it's a, you know, it's a, a kind of a long drawn out story, but in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's essentially it. It was just kind of starting a blog as a, as a hobby after college. And it went from there. Man, shout out to the Keystone newspaper, right? That's exactly right, my friend. Three years as sports editor. <laughs> I mean, you do have like the ultimate story, Mike. Uh, what was your most memorable fantasy football moment uh, from everything that you've been a part of? Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? The thing that just pops right into my head is actually a bad memory, oddly enough. And it was, um, it's a league with, you guys are obviously familiar with with Roto World and, and the guys that are there, uh, you know, guys like uh, Nick Menzio and Evan Silva and, and Roto Pad and you know, Adam Levitan, like the guys that were there or are there now. Um, and we have a, we've had a dynasty league going on for years and it's, it's very competitive. It's a lot of fun. It's super um, competitive, you know, super competitive, lots of transactions going on. But I specifically remember an instance, I think it was 2016 or 2017. You guys, you guys may remember this. It was uh, the semifinals week. So it would have been week 15. And I was in the playoffs. I think I was playing Adam actually. And it was a, it was a very close game. I was, I was, uh, what was I? I was up by one point going into Monday night football and all he had left was Jordan Reed. And uh, Reed was beat up. He was questionable. He ended up being active. Uh, he comes out uh, and he's kind of limping around. Like you could just see him limping. He falls down. He's limping. And he goes to the locker room, right? Like he's done. I win. I'm going to win this thing. I had a really loaded team. I think I went like 12 and 1. It's over. Uh, and then suddenly he comes back out. And I thought that was kind of odd. Not, not just, he doesn't just come out. He goes into the game 
The next play, he lines up in the slot. He limps on his route like five, seven yards, catches the ball, falls down, gets back up. Someone shoves him. He punches the other player and gets ejected from the game. So I lost because of that catch. And that <laughs> ended my my loaded season in the super competitive league on that. Like he just – he should not have even been playing. He catches the ball, beats me, and then punches somebody and gets ejected. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's real bad, actually, Mike. <laughs> That's fantasy football for you, though, right? There's always an element of luck in it, and that was some bad luck that night. For sure, for sure. Uh, you being such the big Eagles fan, we wanted to bring you on and have you talk about your Eagles. Uh, I've been going over your stuff. Uh, you're pretty high on some of them, but then with the receivers, they're all kind of, you know, in the mixture of everything. What, what were your What's your thought process on your Eagles, Mike? Yeah, I think they're in pretty good shape, especially offensively, right? The the line is still stacked. Uh, we'll see what happens at left tackle if Jason Peters comes back. Uh, that's that's obviously a question mark um, for the first time in a while. But overall, very good line. We know that the weapons are there. You know, they they were able to score at, a, at an above average rate last year with basically nothing at wide receiver. I heard you guys talking about Miles Sanders. I agree that he's a candidate for a huge leap this season. That guy seems to be the real deal. I'm a big Boston Scott fan as well. Uh, so he perhaps in PPR leagues, maybe he sneaks into some value, uh, depending on if they add a veteran back or not. Uh, but big fan of that talent as well. We know Zach, Zach Ertz. I mean, he's undervalued. He's one of the best values in fantasy right now. I just don't understand it. You're talking about a guy still in his prime coming off another tremendous season, despite t- facing tons of double teams at times, triple teams. Just it, it was rough for him at one point last season. He still overcame that and had a another outstanding season. Not to mention that Doug Peterson's offenses are number one, number one in uh, offensive snaps per game over the past five years. Also number one in target share for tight ends. Not to mention that Eagles tight ends are number one in the NFL in fantasy points over the past three seasons. So even with Dallas Goddard there, he's set up for another big season. Uh, the wide receivers, I mean, yeah, you have to hedge a little bit, right? I mean, we don't know if Alshon Jeffrey is going to start the season. Deshaun Jackson... Uh, I don't think he's played a 16 game season since the nineties. Like he's just constantly missing time. That That's a huge question mark. Uh, you know, and we'll see with uh, Jalen Rieger. I, I, I don't, you know, he's a rookie. So obviously that's wide open. So uh, he should play a lot, but I have him in the range of like 50 catches, 650 yards, five or six touchdowns, which seems fair to me. So um, yeah, like you said, uh, higher on some guys, not, not a big fan of like a guy like Dallas Goddard who really benefited from the injuries last season. Um, but otherwise, you know, Sanders, you know, uh, Carson Wentz, obviously you're drafting him or you're drafting him and the other guys, uh, pretty much the rest of the guys are just late flyers. Are you really high on one guy that you didn't mention? Maybe a really deep sleeper, Mike, something we can pull from you uh, on the Eagles. Yes, sir. Um, whew, man, I think I, I mentioned everyone. Uh, how about Michael Warren? Right. Uh, I like yeah. him a lot. I thought he was a, a decent prospect at the running back position in this year's draft. He goes undrafted, which was a, a mild surprise, but that's not unheard of. Sometimes, you know, guys will slip through the cracks. It was obviously a deep class at other positions. So uh, Warren is a guy that's interesting because the Eagles still haven't found that three yet or re- that number three running back, that bigger back. Uh, and, you know, they, they t- you've heard rumors about Devonta Freeman and Carlos Hyde, LaShawn McCoy. But if they don't bring him in, it's pretty much Sanders and Scott who are both, you know, Sanders is 210, right? He's not he's not small, but he's not a guy I think that they want really grinding away in, in short yardage and goal line situations all the time. Boston Scott's under 200 pounds. He's small. 
And, you know, so it's really Corey Clement. It's Michael Warren, who, again, I like. It's Eli Holyfield, who I loved last year uh, in the draft. Those are the size backs on that roster. Maybe Adrian Killens gets in that mix as well, uh, competing for that job. So, again, going deep, those, those would be the deep sleepers. Maybe Arthega Whiteside, too, of course. Second-round pick, the pedigrees there. Maybe he makes a leap in, in year two. Remember, we've seen – We've seen plenty of wide receivers just be a, a really bad, really struggle out of the gate and then turn it around in a big way, uh, including with Philadelphia. Nelson Aguilar is a good example of that. Tyler Boyd with the Bengals is another example. So don't throw in the towel on him yet uh, as well. That's fair. Mike, I've been following you for a while. Uh, A.OTD, OFP, and then your cornerback wide receiver shadow coverage. Um, obviously, your projections just came out. Those That's your current work. Is there anything that you're working on uh, that we can maybe follow you uh, in the future? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I have to keep this a little tight lip, but um, I have some something new I've been working on with our team of uh, NFL Nation reporters. We have a reporter for each with each team here at ESPN, of course, and um, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. It has to do with uh, coaching trends and uh, we're going to unleash something in the next week or so that's, that's going to be a little bit of a game changer. So I can't really wait to do that. I have a a ton of content put together. It's kind of two articles that are going to be released at the same time. Um, one that's very information heavy, one that puts a, a fantasy spin on everything. So um, I'll leave it at that, but uh, that's, that's due out again here in the middle of June. And I really can't wait for that to be unleashed. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed you. Uh, thanks for supporting us. Uh, we hope to have you on again, sir. All right, let's do it. Uh, great job guys. Always uh, fun to talk and we'll do it again soon. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yep. Take care, fellas. You too. So segue into PropMe is a new innovative gaming platform and is really first of its kind. PropMe makes betting from first person to first person more easy than ever. Designed for new and experienced gamblers alike using straightforward prop bets that can literally be created on anything. Want to bet on who's uh, going to win the next play or what the next play will be? Create a prop. Want to bet on who's going to win that game of beer pong? I'd probably say Hicks back in his prime. Then create a prop. Uh, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> it takes hanging out with your friends to a whole new level. Join today by downloading the Prop Me app or go to PropMeLLC.com. Thank you, Prop Me, for helping us out. Uh Y'all want to go back to this or that? Because I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It was, so uh, obviously we know where Mike Clay sits on Miles Sanders. Obviously he's going to take him. Chris, uh, you're not losing your mind on Miles Sanders now? No, no, no. I'm going with the Drake. Got to go with the Drake. You're hearing Mike Clay say that Miles Sanders is in for a huge jump this year. And by the way, I already had a great year last year. So the Drake did too. The Drake did too. And he's got – you got a great offense. Got the like the the for the record, it sounds like you're saying the Dre, which is not not a great <laughs> The she Dre, if you will. <laughs> I am going to say Miles Sanders too, man. I have – I'll share – my projections on Drake are just under what I have for Miles Sanders. I like Sanders for a big year. They didn't address the running back position at all. Um there have been talks about him being the feature guy. I know that Peterson doesn't usually do that. I, I have nothing against Kenyon Drake, honestly, but I foresee that being a little bit pass heavier than Philadelphia will be. 
And if you made me guess which one of those two guys is going to get more touches, I'm going to say uh, Miles Sanders. And another reason for that would be Eno Benjamin getting drafted. That guy's no chump. Uh, he's not Kenyon Drake, but he should get some touches. Uh, I'm pretty high on Sanders. I like him a lot. I also want to – something that Mike said that made me – I don't know if this is actually something that could happen. Uh, why not Jalen Hurts as the goal line big back that can go get you a few yards? I mean, honest to God, you got the guy. He's big. Let him get in there and grind a little bit because, I mean, you got that weapon. You drafted him in the second round. How about first and goal from the one? You have Wentz and Hurts in the backfield and Sanders. Which so, guy? There is there has been talk of, of him being in a, a Taysom Hill type role. Yes, yes. Uh, kind of that Swiss Army knife, right? Like I personally, I hate when people kind of label it as a single player type role. It's uh-huh. a Swiss Army role. There's a lot of people that have done it before. Uh, Taysom might be one of the more successful ones. I love Taysom Hill. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I mean, as far as fantasy wise, personally, I couldn't, unless you're in a crazy deep league with some wild scoring, it's not going to be worth having Jalen Hurts on your team. I mean, Taysom Hill hasn't been worth it for most people. Uh, and even this year with them adding him, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, you can have him in a flex or a tight end now rather than quarterback. Finally, right? finally. That's all great and fine and dandy. But I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. The stats just aren't there for him to be a, even a tight end or a flex, really. Um, I mean, it's it's a cool thing to have. And in real-life football, it's great to have that flexibility and be able to throw him in there. Like you said, on the goal line, you have two quarterbacks, a running back. One's kind of a running back and quarterback. You know, it's, it gives you the ability to do whatever you want. But fantasy-wise, it's tough to really justify it. So, uh, Chris, let's uh, hear your take on why you chose Drake over Miles Sanders. So, I like the Cliff Kingsbury offense. It's going to be spread out. I mean, if you all seen any Texas Tech football back in the day, their running backs score in the goal line. You know, when it matters, from the 20-yard line out, old boy is taking the ball and scoring. Kenyon Drake can do that. He's a big guy. Yeah, Eno Benjamin was drafted there. He's got a good story. He's from Arizona. Um, but I think Drake's the man. Um, Miles Sanders, I'm just not that high on because I feel like Boston Scott's going to eat into a little bit of the workload. And I'm just never – sorry, Tom. I've just never been an Eagles fan being from Texas. I've got to – you know, if I've got if I got to go against the Texans, it's got to be the Cowboys. I see Marco Manola uh, here isn't, a, isn't an Eagles fan either, hating on my <laughs> you know, Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So uh, in our Facebook chat over there, we've got a little bit going back and forth between Mike and Marco. Marco is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, thinks Miles Sanders is going to have a sophomore slump. Marco is a coach, great teacher as well, AKB Go Marco. Great things that you're doing down there in the Valley, sir. Thanks for supporting us. Houston, you got another guy? Yeah, so uh, to end that debate, you know, it's kind of hard. I'll, I'm just going to lean Miles Sanders here because of the offensive line. That's fine. I'll go against the gray, and that's fine. No, and I I think Kenyon Drake will be a good fantasy back, but if I had to choose between the two, it would be Sanders here. Uh, next, let's uh, uh, dive into some wide receivers. These two are my – two highest-owned wide receivers in my best ball leagues that I've been drafting in 
over 35% ownership of these two guys. Um, let's see who you would take here. You guys would, uh, Calvin Ridley or Robert Woods. Give me Bobby, Bobby Woods, y'all. I want the number one guy in Sean McVay's offense all day. Uh, there's huge potential there. Brandon Cooks, the deep threats out. Uh, we've seen the connection between Golf and Woods in the past. Uh, Bobby Light, y'all, he's going to do you right. I would take him over Cal- Calvin Ridley, even though Ridley probably has the chance to be the number one guy if Julio does go down. Yeah, I'm going to say Ridley just because uh, he's an SEC guy. So, and the thing about Woods too is, I was not impressed last year, fantasy wise, and. I was finally buying into the hype, and he kind of hurt me. And so I have a little sore spot for him. Ridley, to me, I think that Woods has the uh, potential to do better, but Ridley's a safe pick. I mean, the guy has scored more touchdowns than Julio two years in a row. I mean, if, if you're in a – depending on the league you're in, Ridley is pretty valuable. If you're in a touchdown-heavy league, the guy has been scoring touchdowns. I think he's going to be the safer play. I think Woods probably has more yardage, but Ridley probably has more TDs. To me, that's really close. Uh, but I'll lean Ridley just because, again, the L.A. offense freaks me out a little bit more. I mean, Gurley's playing for the Falcons now. Without Gurley, I know he was a shell of himself last year, but that offense had a lot to do with Gurley. And if Gurley is close to back to what he was, it should open up the passing game even more. Yeah, Ryan, you nailed it. We talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again. That Rams offense is just not what it was. I mean, even like Super Bowl, it just wasn't wasn't what we expected it to be. You know, we talked about losing their deep threat, uh, but Robert Woods, you still have to compete with uh, with you know little man Cooper Cup there, uh, and you also have Josh Reynolds, who's not great, not terrible receiver, uh, as well as bringing in Van Jefferson. They'll be outstanding there, but. I mean, it's tough to say that Calvin Ridley's not going to have a massive amount of touchdowns because he's going to get just about everything that Matt Ryan throws since Julio cannot get into the end zone. So, Chris, he can't do it. I know he's an SEC guy. They can't score. Such is life. But (laughs) I'm taking Ridley. Uh, Matt Ryan is a a 4,000-yard-a-year guy. He's going to put up some some touchdowns, and it's going to go to Calvin Ridley. You know, I appreciate everything you guys have said here. This one is so, so hard for me. Um, like I've said before, we see saw that uh, even odd year touchdown trend from Matt Ryan and lying on the even year of 2020. I expect another big touchdown year from Matt Ryan here as he plays in the NFC South and Closing out what could be his career, I mean, I he's probably got a couple more years in him, but the, his elite play, um, if you consider it elite, I think he's an elite quarterback. Um, Robert Woods, I honestly think that he is the wide receiver one for the Rams going forward if they continue to uh, want to do the 12 personnel. Cooper Cup, uh, he's in the bottom 12th percentile against bank coverage and press coverage while playing as an outside wide receiver. Um, I honestly think that Cooper Cup could work his way into only a three-wide receiver set type of guy as they brought in Van Jefferson in the second round to the line outside with Robert Woods in the 12 personnel. Uh, I'm going to give the slight edge to Calvin Ridley just because of the NFC South narrative. Um, 
I'm real high on the NFC South. You realize that listening to this show time and time again. But uh, as we move on to tight ends here, another NFC South guy, teammates of Calvin Ridley, uh, newly acquired Hayden Hurst or Mike Isecki. That's where we'll end this uh, This or that. Ooh, that's gross. That's gross. Um, that's easy. <laughs> so I'll let Ryan uh, start here. Mike Jacecki will be a top five tight end in 2020. Ooh. Ryan, that's picks here. I like Hayden Hurst. Don't get me wrong. I think his situation's good. He should get Austin Hooper-type numbers. But Jacecki made me a believer at the end of last year. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care. Miami's going to be better. Uh, Mike Jacecki, to me, I have him – I have him top three. I'm top three. I think I'm getting as much exposure to him as I can. I've tried to acquire him in every league. Any of my league mates watching this will know that. I love me some Jacecki. I am super high on him this year. And I would – if again, I'm getting 100% exposure if I can. I think the guy's a stud, and Miami's going the right direction. I like the way Flores has that team playing. Is that a Dolphin shirt you're wearing, Ryan? No, it's gray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to jump on board with Ryan on this one, Tom. Um, he's been in the system before. Even if they do switch the quarterback to Tua, he's going to be the blanket. I'm going to go with Gusecki on this one as well. Yeah, I mean, I will say personally, I wouldn't take either of these guys, I'm being honest. Don't get me wrong, I love, love Gusecki. He's a real talented guy. I mean, who's going to start for him? Fitzpatrick, it's going to be Tua. What game or, you know, Obviously, two is going to play at some point, but what game will it be? Is he going to be able to build a relationship with whichever quarterback's playing each game of the year? Um, I mean, hey, give it next year. If two is starting next year, I'm all in on, on Gusecki. But as of now, with some uncertainty at the quarterback position, I mean, I'm going to take Hooper, right? Hurst. Hurst, sorry. My bad. <laughs> same, thing, same thing. Same thing. I'm with you. Hooper, my, my bad. But uh, Hurst. I'm going to take Hurst in, in Atlanta. Uh, like we were saying, Matt Ryan playing on the, the tail end of his career probably, but uh, at the very least a borderline elite quarterback. Again, Julio's not getting the touchdown, so it's going to be between Hurst and uh, our boy Calvin Ridley. He's going to have a good year. Um, you know, this one's hard again. I uh, chose these players because I personally thought they are hard to decide between, um, you know – I like Mike Gusecki. I really do. He's, he could be that number two target in Miami. Uh, I think he's going to have a good year. Um, Hayden Hurst coming into a new system. If you look at playerprofiler.com and you put uh, the spark score and the speed score, burst score of Hayden Hurst right next to Austin Hooper, you can't even tell the difference between the two. They're very similar players. Uh, Hayden Hurst was a first-round talent by the Baltimore Ravens, uh, first-round pick for him. You know, I, I'm i so back and forth, but one thing that's really going to stick this out for me is being able to play in the slot. And I think Mike Gusecki will do a lot of that um, in Miami. Uh, you know, if he's getting linebackers, or are they going to bring in a nickel corner to play against Gusecki? He's going to have a mismatch every time. Probably not a speed mismatch, but a size mismatch. And uh, we'll have to see if Preston Williams really develops here in year two. But I'll take a secchi, but it's real close. I really like Hurst. I like them both, too. Yeah. You know, real quick, I got to say, 
Gasecki to me reminds me a little bit of a Dallas Goddard where you create those mismatches. You know, Goddard on most teams would be a tight end one, I think. I think most people would agree with that. Um, but it's they're a very similar style of player. Like you said, you bring in that nickel corner, you have a size advantage. You're a big dude. You bring in a linebacker, might not be a huge speed advantage, but you're going to be able to be, beat quite a few of them off the line there and get some separation. So, I mean, like I said, the guy's got talent, to say the least. But I might not take either of them this year personally. I agree with you on that, Tom. I'm going to fade both those guys in pretty much all of my leagues. Uh, let's wrap it up with the Washington Redskins, probably the most exciting team in this league. <laughs> uh, definitely the most uh, vocal about what they're doing behind the scenes with allowing people to come watch their practices. Uh, I mean, from the top down, they changed their owner or they changed their coaching style. They got Ron Revere that came in with Turner. Um, they had some success in Carolina with Cam Newton when they worked together. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, he's got to he's got to progress. You would think that he's got to progress, right? With F one there, they you know they were roommates in college. They've got some good pieces at running back with Geis being an SEC guy. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this year. Adrian Peterson being from Texas, you know he's a rock. Uh, and then this new guy that they drafted, Antonio Gibson, right? Um, they've got some sparks at the wide receiver position and some unknown talent uh, at the tight end position. One really guy, one really big guy uh, that I'm really high on, he was an SEC guy, Thad Moss. Uh, I've seen him play in person, so he's pretty spectacular. Ryan, take us down the Washington Redskins Avenue and tell us who we can take this season in fantasy. This is the team I'm going to have the least amount of exposure to in this division. I think the other offenses are explosive, and I think this is a growing offense. Uh, Haskins should improve. He improved throughout the year. In his first four games, he had zero touchdowns and four interceptions. In his last – or his first two, excuse me. In his last two games, he had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's definitely tracking the way I would want to see. I think we're so used to these Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck types that just come right in and just play immediately and make an impact. I don't see Haskins as that. I see him as getting better as he goes. So Washington might have another growth year, uh, but I do expect better numbers. Uh, I could see having Haskins as a depth option at QB. Do not have him as your QB one. You will lose. But honestly, the the value here is which one of these daggum running backs is going to get the most touches? Because if guys gets the most touches, he's going to have himself a year. His minimum, his, uh, Minimal playing time so far has been pretty good. And I think the injury concern on him is terrifying and real. But if this guy can be the feature back there, you're looking at a fantasy stud. I mean, he could be a borderline top 10 running back with a 16-game season. Maybe not even borderline. The guy has some pretty good ability. I just don't trust his knees at all. Adrian Peterson, as far as... If Geis goes down, or excuse me, I should say when Geis goes down again, Peterson becomes viable. Um, He's not going to be a guy you're going to be calling your dad about saying, guess who I'm starting this week. But Adrian Peterson, I mean, I could see if he starts the majority of the games, I could see six, seven touchdowns close to 1,000 yards. He's not as efficient as he used to be, but he is AD. And somehow that guy is still able to play at a level that's at least respectable. Uh, I do like Antonio Gibson. 
I don't see him being the RB2 per se, but I see him being more along the lines of like a weapon because the guy is a pretty good receiver. Um, so I could see him running in the slot. I could see him catching a lot of balls out of the backfield. I could see him being the guy like that, maybe along the lines of like first-year Eckler, where he's not going to be the featured guy no matter – unless somehow AD goes down and Geist goes down, then, whoa, you might be looking at – this guy can hold up. You might be looking at something pretty special. But for me, I like – in Dynasty, I'm all over Gibson because if Geist goes down again, why are they going to re-sign him? Why would they keep him around? The guy hasn't played at all. How long can Adrian Peterson go? I think Gibson – if guys proves that his injury history is going to repeat itself, Gibson is the back to own for the future. Uh, as far as receivers, McLaurin, of course, I mean, I have him pretty high. I'm thinking he's probably going to get somewhere around nine TDs, 1200 yards. And he can help Haskins. Haskins can help McLaurin. If Haskins gets better faster, McLaurin could shoot up my rankings. I just see it being a steady growth rather than a rocket growth from Haskins. And I think that, Slightly hampers McLaurin's ceiling in the short term. Um, the other receivers on this roster are weird, kind of. Uh, Kelvin Harmon wasn't very impressive last year. He had a couple okay games, <laughs> but there wasn't a lot to brag about. I do see the potential there. I see him maybe as a five TD guy, maybe five six hundred yards, just because somebody's got to catch those balls. Now, Stephen Sims who on the death chart I'm using comes in at number three, he, he kind of came on hot at the end as far as fantasy goes. But how much of that had to do with the Redskins were just bad. Uh, and they don't even have their two of their offensive linemen in set yet. They don't even know who's going to start on the left side of that line. Like they seem to say, I mean, the, the word coming out of Redskins camp is we're excited about this competition. But, yeah, what are you going to say? We're terrified because we still don't know where we're going to start. That's not something you can really say. So I'm terrified of this line. Our short-term goes, they're going to have to address that. I think there's some weapons here. Gandy Golden they drafted. I do see him at least winding up as the wide receiver three by the end of the year. Um, he's got some talent. I just think Haskins is not his best scenario to come into, especially at this point in his career. I'd see more stuff for him later on in his career. Uh, the rest of the guys, Cody Lanimer got arrested on five charges. Like, that guy – He's not going to be playing. The other guys, they don't do anything to impress me. If there's injuries, I think they move from, they bring somebody in from the outside. Tight end, they have Sprinkle listed as tight end one. Oh, man, that's not a good thing. He's not impressive. Uh, he can be a serviceable tight end, but not for fantasy. The guy for fantasy you want to look out for, and there's been rumors coming out of camp about this guy too, is Logan Thomas, or camp, but out of the Redskins front office. Logan Thomas played quarterback, and he has a really fully grasp what tight end the position and how to play it yet. But the guy's athletic. He's big. And a lot of them are – he's getting comparisons from some of the coaching staffs to guys like uh, Greg Olson. Like, if, if you got a Greg Olson where they were talking about his athleticism, Greg Olson was a pretty good fancy tight end for quite some time. I'm not saying that Logan Thomas is going to be that. But in a dynasty league, that's the exposure I'm getting to. Thaddeus Moss apparently – is an excellent run blocking tight end. So the guy could get on the field and he could be involved in those goal line plays where he could snatch some touchdowns. I do like Thaddeus Moss. I just don't see him outperforming or even performing relevantly enough to be considered for my team yet. I could be wrong. There's so much, there's plenty of upside. I mean, I can't wait till he starts mossing people, but 
until then, I think that we are looking long-term with Mars, with Moss, not 2020 so much. I'm staying, I have zero exposure to any Washington tight ends as far as guys I think are going to contribute to me. Uh, and I would like Logan Thomas and Thaddeus Moss as a draft and stash type of a player in Dynasty. Nothing more. I don't think Sprinkle is going to be viable after this year. I don't think he does much. And he needs a good tight end. Haskin needs a good tight end. Right. I got it. You made multiple comments that just solidified this in my head. We are looking at the Washington Panthers now. Yeah, it's strange. I don't like Rivera. Thing, right? Not a good thing. We got Cam Newton, too, at quarterback. And let's be honest, the sequel is never as good as the original unless it's Toy Story 3. <laughs> right? We can all agree, I think, on that one. <laughs> I mean, like you said, the offensive line, we don't even know. We can't even say it's bad because it's it's an unknown. Right? So you have a quarterback. You have a starting running back that can't stay healthy. You have a backup running back that's 57 years old, 74. I'm not quite sure. It's He's old. Adrian Peterson is ancient. Mine Ryan's age. Yeah, yeah he is. Right. Older. The, the we saw him and Kyle Field our freshman year at A&M. Yeah. I mean, the only you know running back older than him, I think, right now is Frank Gore, who I don't know how he doesn't get hit and just turn to dust. But it's anyway – yeah, the running back room, to me, doesn't look great. Uh, Guise can be good when he's healthy, but it's six games a, a year, maybe. So running back's bad. You have Scary Terry at wide receiver, and that's about it. And then no real tight ends. The best thing you can hope for, I think, is picking up their defense, maybe, and hoping that Chase Young <laughs> runs an absolute terror to other quarterbacks. I mean, you know, I think that switching to a 4-3 defense for them helps. Um, we don't talk a lot about defense on here, especially in a fantasy aspect. Most people, I think, stream them. But I will say, to me, they could be a, a decent defense if you wanted to take one and just hold them on a as a somebody to rotate in. But like I said, Chase Young just rushing quarterbacks and absolutely blitzing him with Ryan Kerrigan on the other side. With only three linebackers to worry about now, that helps them a lot because they were not deep at linebacker last year, especially after a lot of early injuries. Um, and their defensive backs aren't bad. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Kendall Fuller, who uh, hit or miss, could be good, could be okay. Landon Collins is a solid, strong safety, and White Lightning Troy Apke at free safety. Defense might not be the worst thing in the world, but that's kind of the, to me, that's the upside of this team. They got to play these other three offenses too, and I'm really high on all three. Exactly. It's it's not going to be a great look. They're at best a team to kind of hold that defense and say, you know, if if uh, your your league kind of just takes one or two defenses and holds them, you could keep them on your bench and rotate them in, you know, based on the the game that they're playing. Hey guys, I'm on Facebook real quick, playing devil's advocate real quick because Courtney won our league, uh, our couples league. Uh, her fiance Michael, boyfriend Michael. Great guy, great couple. They're like the Brad Angelina of the league. Uh, he's the commissioner. So he makes a good point. Ron Riviera did coach Cam to an MVP in 2015. 
in defensive coach. That's why I would take the Redskins defense. That's, that's one of the only reasons other than having Chase Young. He'll coach that defense, and they, he, you might not have to play from behind, but they're not going to be like the Cowboys putting up 50 points a game. They're going to be winning games 15 to 12, maybe. Riverboat Ron destroyed my parlay the last time I was when I was in Vegas one time, and I will never forgive him for that. He did the most conservative play call I'd ever seen and punted when he a field goal would have covered the spread and I would have won my 17 parlay. It will stick with me forever. I hate Ron Rivera as a coach. He might be a nice person, but I do not want him to coach any more football ever again. So I have I'm obviously I'm just telling you right now I'm jaded. And Cam should have won that MVP that year anyways. <laughs> you said do you have anything to add to that? No, I do like their defensive line, uh, like Tom said. I think in one of my dynasty leagues, uh, I do have the Redskins defense just as, you know, insurance there. Um, I like uh, Scary Terry. It's interesting. He still goes around sixth, seventh round in leagues. Um, has the potential of being wide receiver one. Um, the guy across from him is still up in there, whether it's Harmon, Sims, or Gandy Golden. I don't think any of them will be too fantasy relevant just because of Haskins himself. But I was hoping they would take like Cole Komet or one of the other top tight ends in this draft class, and they failed to do that. I, re- I really would have liked Cole Komet in that offense as like a Greg, Ol- Greg Olson role, but I don't want to touch any of their tight ends. This team's kind of yuck. Um, maybe they'll be able to move the ball just enough to be able to grab their kicker. I don't even really know who their kicker is. Um, that's kind of like how Arizona was last year with Zane Gonzalez. They moved the ball but couldn't score. Yeah, Hopkins, that's what I thought. Um, we don't we, – you know, this isn't going to be a good show if we just focus on kickers and defenses, but maybe this is what the Redskins had the best to offer here. But uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I don't like Haskins and redraft whatsoever. I he goes around Gardner Minshew around there. I'd I'd take Minshew Gardner Mania baby every time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't not much on this team. Uh, one thing they brought in Peyton Barber. I uh, I don't know if he'll have much fantasy relevance uh, with Geis and the other AP and everyone else in front of him. But maybe injuries come along, and maybe uh, Barber will get a role. But to pay him to bring him in, obviously there was uh, question marks. I thought Bryce Love could have maybe took a larger role, but he just as injured as Geis is. So, yeah, this backfield is just a bunch of guys that are either old or injured or can't can't do anything in the league. Yeah, this team – is going to find themselves with the top three pick and probably going into the 2021 draft here. So, yeah, I like all the other three offenses in this division, but I'll stay away from the Redskins every day. That's fair. I don't think anyone's denying any of that. Uh, guys, thanks for the analysis tonight. Houston, I really like this or that. I can't wait to do that again next week. Yes. I think that's going to be that's real fun. Awesome. Um, one shout-out to our sponsor, one of our sponsors. Uh, does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized to you and your family? 
Will your financial advisor be there for your life when your financial situation changes? Well, you need to go work with Brian Hanley, your area Edward Jones at financial advisor. He's focused on what's important to you. He'll work together with you to establish a process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner with you to come up with a strategy and stay on track. Contact Brian today at 936-756-7717, Edward Jones member, SIPC. Uh, This guy's a huge football nut, big fantasy guy. Uh, He was one of our star wide receivers at high school. Uh, Him, his older brother, his dad, his grandpa, uh, their last name is Hanley. They all played wide receiver, so they go by the name Hands. It's the Hands family. Uh, Keep him in your thoughts if you want to go that route. Uh, He'll be good to y'all. Ryan, Tom, Houston, like I said, it's been great with y'all tonight. Thanks for the analysis. Tell everyone where they can follow y'all on Twitter, on your social medias. Uh, Ryan, I know you just got picked up for something. Uh, Let everyone know what they can follow you at and your new upcoming events and uh, endeavors. Yeah, so you can follow me at Real Ryan Hicks. Um, Recently, I'm going to be doing an article for what is known as Puff Picks. You could Puffs Picks. You can follow them at Picks Puffs. They do feature articles for writers. I'll have a piece coming out with them. Also, I'm really excited to do some work with uh, Jacob Harrington. He's starting a series called Belly Up Throwdown, where we, one guy high, one guy low, and we just start analyzing guys about why we're high on them, why we're low on them. Uh, should be a lot of good content coming out. Uh, just remember to follow up belly, follow belly Up Fantasy for all of the good stuff we're putting out. So you can follow me at Belly Up Houston on Twitter. Um, make sure to tune in on Saturdays in the afternoon night, just depending on uh, what kind of schedule we're having over here. But uh, last week, last Saturday, Chris and I went in, uh, did a mock draft, had a couple guys, but Chris and I sat down talked about each pick, why, why, who we like here. It's good. I mean, we got to get going through mock drafts. The fantasy season's not that far away. Things are going to open up. Um, Still be interesting to see if the NFL will start on date or if they'll push that back. Um, as far as things goes, I think they're going to start on date. Um, yeah, so uh, be able to tune in those mock drafts. And, you know, I haven't been writing as much on bellyupfantasysports.com, but Ryan's been killing it. There's a lot of good articles over there. Um, go and read them. They're jam-packed with information. I love being able to read them, uh, scrolling through Twitter at night and, click on them and read them. They're great stuff. They're going to help me become a better fantasy player, um, better fantasy analyst and everything else. Um, Being able to hear other people's ideas and thoughts behind players only open up mine. And I love having debates, rebuttals, just like we do here. I mean, we're all civil and we have great conversation. It just makes it fun. Hey, man, we might be civil on here, but on Twitter, it's an – open season go for it at belly up tom let's go i don't want to stay civil i want you to tell me why i'm wrong i love it um i mean obviously on facebook live here we're getting some people coming at me for being an eagles fan right i I love that i live for that so uh you know come on tell me tell me what you got we'll have a good time (laughs) everyone thank you all for supporting us thank you for watching us at home 
Uh, Ryan has this great series. If y'all didn't follow it or see it before, it's called Ceilings and Floors. He goes through every single team in the NFL and gives you ceilings and floors for everybody in the, who's fantasy relevant. Uh, Houston is our dynasty expert, guys. If you have any dynasty questions, make sure you ask him. He had a series that came out before he got big time over the summer. Uh, <laughs> and follow his rankings. They are spot on. Tom, he's always got the hot takes, guys. Follow him for sure. Uh, go back and forth with him. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna probably tilt you a little, put you on tilt. So be careful if you try to mess with him. Uh, everyone who's viewing, make sure you follow Belly Up Sports for our own take on what's going on in the current sports world with Belly Up Football run by Tom uh, for up to date news and coverage of the NFL, and then Belly Up Fantasy uh, for the ever changing landscape that what's going on in the fantasy football world. Um, guys, we've got a great team that we've been building right now. We've got some really good guys. Uh, Jacob, Tristan, Billy. Sorry if I forget your names, guys. This Travis. Is Travis, there we go. Uh, we just got a new guy, uh, Josh from Las Vegas, who comes, who's about to come on with us. Our fantasy department is growing. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us. If you want to submit something, if you think that you can, you know, put out some stats, put out an article or two, uh, come with us. Come, come see what you can do. Um, apply it at join the crew on bellyupsports.com or just message one of us as well on, on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're there to talk to you guys. We want to build this from the ground up. Uh, it's going to be something great. You can follow me at uh, my personal Twitter handle. It's at Aggie Kappasig. Uh, for all y'all again, thank you for supporting us. I'm Chris Pinto. That was Belly Up Fancy Live. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.